For more information on Ancient Dragon Zen Gate, please visit our website at www.ancientdragon.org. Our teachings are offered to the community through the generosity of our supporters. To make a donation online, please visit our website. Good morning and welcome, Bodhisattvas. I think I know most of you, um, but I think I don't know Marianne, maybe. So, welcome. <laughs> um, and Cloud Bodhisattvas, I think, I think I've met all of you. So we're having a retreat here today at Ancient Dragon's Zen Gate. Uh, so some of us have been sitting both online and in our um, cozy Zendo since this morning. I think Zazen began somewhere, you know, 7.30 maybe. Um, and we'll be sitting together till around 5.30. So, p.m. Uh, so it's really wonderful to be together and also wonderful to have the public hang out with us uh, at this time, this auspicious time. And we might even be able to do walking meditation outside this afternoon, mm. led by our Tonto, Asian Bodhisattva. Um, because it's really nice out here and uh, birds are chirping. I saw some, looks like they're even already building nests. Anybody know such things that people, birds are building nests in February in Chicago? Okay. Um, there were some green sprouts. When you walk outside, you might notice like iris corms are even sprouting already uh, in the backyard. And with all of these things and with each other, we form this one practice body in Zazen, unified and centered in Zazen, uh, this mysterious center, home base. Um, and Later, during our midday service, <coughs> we will be celebrating Buddha's Parinirvana, um, kind of a traditional ceremony. Uh, so these two things are on my mind this morning, Zazen and Parinirvana. <laughs> For those of you online, this is a photo of Buddha. You can quickly Google Buddha's Parinirvana and bring up all the images if you'd like. And I'll pass this around to our assembly here in the Lincoln Square Zendo. But this is Buddha's death, you might say. And uh, But also, Buddha was teaching generously right up until and continuing after this Parinirvana, where Buddha like kind of laid down on the right side underneath a couple trees. So trees are always important. And the trees, just these shala or sala trees, just rain down fragrant dharma blossoms as the Buddha took a final rest after a long teaching career. Um, so I'm just going to pass this image around. We'll put it back on the altar for our ceremony. So you can check it out in the zendo. Um, So those things are whirling around in this body and mind, and I'd share share my reflections. Um, when I was thinking about Pari Nirvana, uh, and during our midday service, you'd almost miss if you don't pay attention closely. Like in Zen services, you almost miss that Pari Nirvana is happening, but because um, we're pretty subtle in the way we celebrate. 
ceremonies here, especially at Ancient Dragon. Um, and I want to thank Tigan for reminding me that it was Buddha's Parinirvana coming up and that we could we could celebrate it uh, here at Ancient Dragon at the same time we're celebrating uh, Zazen in our retreat. And <laughs> for some reason, one of the I started thinking about the words that came to mind uh, of Shakyamuni Buddha's his sort of last words to his disciples who were pretty kind of a little upset that he was ready to leave. Um, but he kind of said as he was dying and, and preparing his disciples for the loss, very kindly, I might say, um, Buddha said, it is done. Basically, I've offered everything I have got to support your awakening and the awakening of the world. Now you're on your own. (laughs) Work it out on your own. So this is what we've been doing for 2,500 years in Buddhist practice. Um, It is done. And I think, you know, sometimes when we sit, we might also have this feeling, you know, kind of micro Pari nirvanas of relinquishment or letting go of finally, okay, or just like I've given everything. Many people in here are supporting this retreat and our ability to be together in the cloud and on the ground, so to speak, here, uh, such as David Ray, who's our techno, and Douglas, our Delon, but many people who we see and who we don't see are supporting these events. Um, and this is a little bit like it is done. They give everything up for the benefit of each other. So some other words that came to mind that Buddha spoke at the end of his days, uh, walking around northern India, I suppose, uh, were these words, Atadipa Sarana. And the great teacher, Thich Nhat Hanh, who died about a year ago, uh, seemed to really like this phrase, Atadipa, or Atadipa Saranam, uh, which was basically part of this you're on your own piece, hmm. is... Atadipa is, you know, sarana is take refuge or taking refuge in the island of the self. This word deepa sometimes is called light, like be a light unto yourselves. Sometimes uh, there's some controversy. Is it an island or is it light? But I think they both work pretty well. Uh, To thine own self be true. Uh, and in Thich Nhat Hanh's groups, they actually chant this Atadipa very melodiously, uh, sing it. And I think even in some Rinzai Zen places, it's recited in their ceremonies. We don't typically do this here, um, but these words have always impacted me. Atadipan Saranam, like Badam Saranam Gachami, like taking refuge in Buddha. But this is taking refuge in your own light, in your own island. Uh, each person. Uh, very interesting. And Buddha said, you know, now you find your own way of embodying these teachings. Now it's your turn. Discover this island of peace and compassion and wisdom in yourself. Don't keep looking to me. (laughs) Be intimate with this island that's always within you. This is taking refuge in this paradise island. 
with all beings in the great earth. And this is none other than Zazen. In Zazen, you know, we're sitting this morning, we have this opportunity to take refuge in this island of awakening. The island of non-duality. And we become intimate with the landscape of this island. I don't know if any of you noticed that in Sazen, if you've been intimate with this island of the self. Uh-huh. We discover its edges and embrace the terrain and realize the vastness of this jewel island. We think we've come to the end of the island, right? Oh, this is the end. This is the end. But you go further. And further, this is our practice. Resting in the island. Realizing the vastness of the island. Uh, This jewel island that you might say is the net of Indra. (laughs) So we've got this little self-jewel. But that self is actually so vast in this present moment, in this body, in this heart, in this mind. And so, Atta Deepam, Saranam, we each have our way of being this island and of appearing in life as we appear now, little islands in our cloud island, cloud islands and Lincoln Square Zendo islands. Um, we appear, our islands uh, appear in how we brush our teeth <laughs> and wash our faces in the morning, how we change diapers for babies, how we talk and live and speak in the world with those we love and those we don't love yet. And Zazen is our taking refuge in this moment, just being ourselves, liberated from the idea of self. So the self-island is a liberated island. That's part of the clue to its vastness. And practicing together is uh, the celebration of Zazen and of Buddha's Parinirvana. This is what Buddha's celebration of Parinirvana looked like. But actually, this is, you know, this room... Uh, this cloud, this body and mind right now is our own celebration. And just like Buddha, we kind of offer everything to the current moment. And in our family style of Soto Zen, and it's a style, you know, in our tribe, maybe, you know, we have little outfits and ways of holding our bodies and our hearts. Um, This is just our way. So everything else has its own way. But in our family style of Soto Zen, our way of taking refuge in the island of the self is this practice of turning the light within and taking a backward step. And we receive some very specific instructions on how to celebrate Sazen and how to take refuge in this vast island of awakening uh, from our great Japanese ancestor, Dogen Zenji. I mean, it'd be really hard to have a Soto Zen retreat without mentioning Dogen Zenji. who lived, you know, maybe like 1,200 or so years after Shakyamuni Buddha, plus or minus a few centuries. And um, he wrote this fascicle called Fukan Zazengi, or his universal instructions or recommendations for Zazen, for... uh, terraforming, for constructing, for inhabiting, for exploring the true island 
of the self, of taking refuge in the self. So this is thought, Sukhansa Zengi is thought to have been Dogen's first writing at the tender age of 27, or at least one of his first, when he got back from an exciting trip to China, where he brought this sitting practice back to Japan. Um, and he rewrote this or revisited it and reworked the Fukanza Zangi, these Zazen instructions, uh, quite a few times over his lifetime. Uh, and maybe this was Dogen's response somehow to the teaching and exploration of Buddha's legacy, this Apadita Sarana. Buddha's response, like, oh, okay, this is how I'm taking refuge. So these are Dogen's words, his roadmap to awakening, to taking refuge in the island of the self. And I'll just read a little, a couple little snippets to get us in the mood. Fukanza Zengi. Therefore, put aside the intellectual practice of investigating words and chasing phrases and learn to take the backward step that turns the light and shines it inward. Body and mind of themselves will drop away and your original face will manifest. The original island will appear. If you want to attain suchness, practice suchness without delay. For practicing Zen, a quiet room is suitable. So I think we're approximating that. I hope your room is quiet in the cloud. Clouds are usually, they look quiet to me when I look at them outside the window of an airplane, but maybe they're like raucous, like the big city. But still, we're in the middle of Chicago, and it's still kind of quiet in here. It's suitable. Eat and drink moderately. Put aside all involvements and suspend all affairs. Do not think good or bad. Do not judge true or false. Give up the operations of mind, intellect, and consciousness. Stop measuring with thoughts, ideas, and views. Got our little measuring devices in our brains, these thoughts, ideas, and views. Stop the measuring. doesn't say stop all the thoughts, but stop the measuring, the process of measuring. Ah, this is a good period of Zazen. Oh, that was a bad period. Or that person did this or not that. Stop measuring. Just let it go. And have no designs on becoming a Buddha. So, so watch if there's any designing going on. And then Dogen says, how could this be limited to sitting or lying down? Now, I don't know about you, but I hear this and I'm like, all we're doing here is like sitting, right? It's all we're doing. Wait a minute. You know, uh, but Dogen, I think, very generously liberates us from our ideas of Zazen when he gives these detailed instructions. Because in, in delving right into the particular he explodes into non-duality. So he kind of tests us with these instructions, right? Because you're like, am I sitting straight enough? Are my ears in line with my shoulders, hips? No. And the minute you want to hold on to that, he's like, it doesn't have anything to do with this. <laughs> so this is such a, a wonderful liberation in and of itself, I think how to take refuge in the island of the self in your current body with your current red beating hearts and not holding onto it. And he goes on to give some more instructions about how to build this island of peace and compassion, which we've all been doing probably this morning, even if it doesn't look like it. At your sitting place, spread out a thick mat and put a cushion on it. So it's just what Chakulini Buddha did, right? His, his 
instructions for meditation are sit. He actually sat under a solitary maybe initially, but, you know, make a comfortable place that supports your body and maybe under the shade of a tree in a quiet grove someplace and establish your concentration. That was sort of original, but this is Dogen's view. So sit either in the full lotus or half lotus position. In the full lotus position, first place your right foot on your left thigh, then your left foot on your right thigh. In the half lotus, simply place your left foot on your right thigh. Tie your robes loosely and arrange them neatly. Then place your right hand on your left leg and your left hand on your right palm, thumb tips lightly touching. Straighten your body and sit upright, leaning neither left nor right, neither forward nor backwards. Align your ears with your shoulders and your nose with your navel. Is my nose and navel aligned? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Rest the tip of your tongue against the roof of your mouth. Do you ever do that in Zazen going, is my tip of my tongue against the roof of my mouth or is my whole tongue or not all of it? You know, so, so Dogen's really trying to get us to establish some concentration not to force ourselves into some pretzel position. Some people will say that the only valid zazen is in full lotus or half lotus, but I think everyone here knows that your zazen, your body and mind is just fine. Just fine. Nonetheless, you pay attention. You have your teeth and lips both shut together and always keep your eyes open and breathe softly through your nose. So whenever we sit, and I've said this before, but I will keep saying it, we are writing our own instructions for Zazen. We're making this practice ours. You know, when Buddha said, Atadipa, be your own island, this is be your own Zazen. It's not Dogen Zazen. It's not my Zazen. It's actually technically probably the world Zazen, which is sitting you, but you're the one who has to sit it or stand it or however you're manifesting it. Uh, so, in Zazen, in this island, we create, we become intimate with everything on the island, which means everything beyond our designs. And to really find out who you are and explore the details, find out the boundary of the island. Find out your own designing thoughts, ideas, emotions, and reactions, then go beyond them and discover your wholeness. Find out whether you're inclined right or left, forward or backwards. Find your hesitation. Um, you know, things like, I don't want to do this practice. I've exhausted my compassion. You know, this is part of the territory of the island or I'm the most compassionate person ever. And I sit in full Lotus position perfectly, just like Buddha. Once you feel that you can feel that what you're holding on to, and you know, whether you're holding on to something or not, you know, and we all help each other know that this morning, we had a slightly bumpy start in the sendo, but we didn't hold on to it. We just flowed. And I could tell it's because we're all practicing together and care for each other. This is the island of peace and compassion that brings us to our cushion, even against 
big odds because the ego is a big odd to deal with. Um, you know, you might want to say, I can't wait to watch the Super Bowl and I hope I don't miss the pregame because I'm sitting at this retreat. But if you go to pregame or if you go to the Super Bowl, notice the zazen of everyone. Like I hear that Rihanna is doing the halftime show. She's expressing the same island, whether she knows it or not. It's probably why, why people like, like her. I think Rihanna was actually born on an island, right? Tobago or someplace like that. Um, Barbados. Barbados. Even better. <laughs> it's a really nice island. Um, so know this terrain. And Dogen encourages us with these instructions to find a safe place of refuge. And then I'll just read a little more from the Fukansa Zengi. So once you've got this, once you think you've got your body all correct, <laughs> then Dogen says, think of not thinking. Not thinking? What kind of thinking of that is that? <laughs> beyond thinking. So where is this place beyond? Where is, where is this island extending? This is the essential art of Zazen, Dogen says. The Zazen I speak of is not meditation practice. It is simply the Dharma gate of joyful ease, the practice realization of totally culminated enlightenment. So maybe there is some ease and joy in this Sazen refuge. Maybe some people don't experience it. Uh, but I think if you sit long enough, If you explore the island fully, you find that ease and joy um, if you don't hold on to it. But you find this still place that meets the world without trying to control it and grasp it. Um, But only you can work that out for yourself. Only you know the island. Uh, you know, if we look at ancient images of Buddha's parinirvana, like this image, uh, or images of Dogen Zenji, which exist, uh, it's really clear that they are of a certain time and a certain place. Long ago. But our practice And our challenge now in the 21st century in here in America, I think everyone in the cloud is in the U.S. at this point in time. But even if you're not in this world, this world that some people experience is very challenging and some people experience as wonderful, we must find our way to live this Buddha way. And we have a lot of support from Dogen in the great Fukanza Zengi. Which also says that the way is never apart from this very place. And I don't think he was meaning where he was sitting somewhere in Japan. I think he's saying where we are sitting right now and where we're always sitting, even if we're walking, hanging out, changing diapers, playing the lottery, watching halftime show. Ah. It's just maybe a little easier to see in this playpen we call a zendo. So let's not look elsewhere. People who visit beautiful tropical islands like Barbados (laughs) call them paradise. Or they think they're only for vacations. But the people who live on those islands, you know, they're not so impressed often. (laughs) people who are intimate with those islands don't see them so much as special. It's just their everyday, ordinary life. This is our practice. It's our realization. 
uh, in Zazen moment by moment under all conditions. This is also what at the very end of the Fukan Sasangi Dogen calls opening the treasure store. And I'll add of the refuge island of the self. So later on today, uh, we'll celebrate Buddha's Pari Nirvana. And I just want to end with some words from a statement that will be read during that service. Some of you won't be here for that. And uh, so I thought I'd give a little preview because the words are kind of beautiful. These words might be Tigan's words with some something that I added mixed in or somebody's words from San Francisco Zen Center. Anyway, here's a little preview. The moon over Vulture Peak shines miraculously in all directions. Or we could say the island that appears to be a moon. The solitaries bloom and their petals convey the fragrance of the Dharma down to the present time after all delusion is seen completely, known intimately and relinquished. That which remains is called the true form of the Buddha, the true island of the self. This form has been a light for all from the far past until the present. And we're the present bodhisattvas. So thank you very much for this island time together. And please keep shining your light. And maybe that light will emit from your vocal cords as we have a little bit of time to, uh, to talk with each other and share our experience of Zazen or life. So please, uh, David Ray, you, you can help. And I think anyone else in the room, if I don't see someone's hand or, you know, we'll all bring forth any responses, please. This is our a question and answer time, but it's really our island time. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, thank you for speaking of many things, but also our island time. My in-laws, in, when, they're, when they're in Florida, like to go to a bar called Island Time. <laughs> and so um, you're saying that just conjured all kinds of things for me. But, um, but it conjured the idea that we have, an, you know, kind of a stereotype or assumption about island time that things flow and they're, you know, we don't adhere to time very strictly. And, you know, maybe we have the extra pina colada so that we can relax and um, we can become very dependent on having those additional supports to relax. Um, and yet in our island time, you know, we can relax right here. I wonder if you can say some words about that. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, so, so this island is portable. Like one of the great things about our practice is 
we're bringing it to each moment. And we don't, you know, like Buddha encouraged us to be adults and independent, and we don't need uh, these other things, but we can fully enjoy them and are responsible for that enjoyment. So um, it might not feel like an idea, you know, we are checking out the landscape of our self in Zazen. Sometimes it look, doesn't look like an island. It looks like an abyss or something, or it feels numb. But this is kind of a lively place that we go to and always have with us. So in some ways, uh, you know, a pina colada is nice, maybe. <laughs> but, but how we relate to that, do we kill it and make it into a thing where we just need more of it or we just enjoy what shows up? So that's sort of my response. Do you have any further comments, right, Tonto? Oh, <laughs> um, you know, I think that I, I don't know if I have a comment or not, <laughs> but I will comment. Um, <laughs> it can be very tempting to think that we need like a special period of time in order to relax. Mm-hmm. And yet we also, and, and we need to, you know, let go of appointments and um, timetables for doing things. And yet our, our practice is about how we deepen our relaxation within those appointments and schedules mm-hmm. and timetables. That's, that's what we're doing all day. And, mm-hmm. and so any encouraging words that you have for, for helping us to do that, to, to really not get too caught up in rigidly adhering to the forms, but, but relaxing with them mm-hmm. and, and yet being present with them. Right. Well, the first thing that came to mind was Suzuki Roshi's words, which are burn yourself completely in every activity. So if you are not hooked on the schedule, but just meet whatever shows up, that in itself has a quality of relaxation. And, uh, but also you know, when we do have a little time like this Sazen time in, in this kind of more formal situation, we can look at what gets in the way of relaxing and study that and be kind to it, not crush the part of ourselves that wants to get everything perfect or thinks she should do a better job, you know, like maybe I should give a better Dharma talk, you know, <laughs> too late. <laughs> and these things, life becomes much less stressful when you just need it. You know, I think many people have this experience of relinquishment and then in just relaxing into a situation in everyday life. You know, like marriage gets pretty boring, cooking every day gets pretty boring, uh, you know, taking care of certain details. But once you let go, of wanting them to be a certain way, they're kind of exciting all the time. It's kind of like this paradise island, you know, like every moment has that pina colada waiting for me. If, I, if I'm willing to accept it, it just might look like a busy schedule or one more thing to do. And, you know, trusting that it all will be okay. It can't be any other way. We can't mess with it, right? It's like the Dharma can't be defiled. You know, we can experience pain and there's a lot of things to be upset about in the world or to feel like, uh uh-oh, you know, I have existential issues around housing or income or other cultural experiences of oppression. Those are, those are things that, but if you relax with those things, that doesn't mean you accept them but you know how to meet them in a way that doesn't burn you out because anyone who's worked for peace and justice knows it's super easy to get burned out in like the first one minute of trying to help the world. So Asian, does that help you? A little yes. Bit? Yes. Thank you. 
And I know Asian has started a new job and has just had this cascade of challenges lately, Thanks. including, uh, I think, uh, traveling on Southwest Airlines, <laughs> you know, which I know Deborah has too. So, so these are all things, but, um, you know, this is where the fruit of our practice can just shift it just a little. And then when we're tired and we need a rest, we need to rest. And the world somehow hasn't fallen apart. It's done its best to do that. But Eve. So this fits, I think, with what you just said. I mean, when you said Atta, it's Atta, Atta Deepa, Deepa Sarana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like what struck me, um, you know the musical The Book of Mormon? <laughs> anyway, it, it fits. It scans with that song they have in there. The, the one where they say, fuck you, or well, excuse me. Oh, Anyways, yeah. It's all allowed in here. All right. Fuck you, God. Um, because, and they're trying to say how they handle their life and how mm-hmm. they handle the things that come at them. And then they said, that's what they say. Actually, if it was Atta Deepa Sarana from what you said, it actually fits. And it's actually a good strategy. And, and it's been, it's saying, you know, like you said, that Buddha said, well, don't look to something yeah. outside mm-hmm. yourself. Um, that you have what you need to meet what the stresses are. So it actually fits the song. It could. Maybe you could sing us a version. <laughs> With Atta Deepa. <laughs> yeah, if I had YouTube. Okay. In front of me. <laughs> if you go to the YouTube version, you'll yeah. see. So, you know, there is this thing that's kind of famous. If you meet the Buddha outside of yourself, what do you do? Kill the Buddha. Yeah. Kill the Buddha. But but I don't recommend killing, actually. <laughs> Saying F you Buddha or God necessarily. But I'd just be like, hmm, am I seeing you as separate? I'm sorry. Am I taking responsibility and refuge in my life? Okay, I can do that. Thank you for pointing that out, that I wanted to give it to somebody else outside of me. So thanks, Eve. <laughs> I wish you could sing us that song. <laughs> I could fight it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Someone else. Yeah, Dale. Dale. Dale, who drove here from Florida, from Paradise Island, you know? <laughs> or on Island Time. <clears throat> Welcome, Dale. Hi. <laughs> It's nice to be here. It's wonderful to see you. As I'm listening, I'm, I'm feeling. I say it's, it's harder than that. It's harder than that. Not easy. Anything you'd like to add to that? No. No. Um, so maybe, thank you for pointing that out. So maybe. When I was speaking today, I didn't emphasize the difficulty of living our lives with this kind of Buddha way. You know, Dogen actually kind of points that out in Fukan Zazengi and says, you know, this remember Bodhidharma sitting facing the wall for what, nine years and Buddha for six years, you know. Remember, this is pretty hard. And so I apologize, maybe, for not emphasizing the difficulty of uh, finding this space for everything that's the true island of the self. It's hard work we do. That's why we come together and support each other. Um, Many of us, if not all of us, have had deep difficulties and pain, trauma that are maybe ongoing, loss, grief, uh, not just the pandemic, but life and death go on in this world. So uh, that doesn't mean you just, you know, face everything with like a brave face or that you're wrong if you cry or feel stressed out, you didn't practice well enough but it's how do you find space for that being stressed out? 
how do you find space and love and compassion for the cards we dealt that often are not very good ones. So thank you for pointing that out. It is hard, but somehow you did this hard thing of driving all the way from Florida to make it here. I get this email yesterday or no, a text from Dale. It was an unidentified text that said, uh, can I come to Sashin tomorrow? I'm driving home from Florida. And I'm like, who is this? <laughs> I was like, Dale. I'm like, yeah, I kind of thought it was Dale. <laughs> and I'm like, is he really going to make it? Sure, we'll find a seat somehow. So he got a back row seat, not a front row seat. <laughs> Still. So thanks for showing up. Brian? Yeah, the the, um, image, the metaphor of an island is wonderful. I, um, I found myself thinking about... Uh, an island where I spend a lot of time, and um, we we tend to think of an island in popular um, culture and poems and songs and all that as as sort of uh, isolated, that mm-hmm. as a, as a self, you know, mm-hmm. we're we're cut off. Uh, but an island is not cut off. It's mm-hmm. actually the earth coming up, um, or the, oh, nice. the water. You know, it's just all the earth, mm-hmm. and and uh, not only is the island connected to the earth underneath it, but mm-hmm. the sea and the sky and everything, all the fish and everything around it, and mm-hmm. there is no cutoff. And uh, mm-hmm. and yet, you know, we, I was thinking of the you got to you got to do this yourself. <laughs> you got to you got to face death yourself. You got to face your problems yourself. Nobody else can do it for you. You got to walk this lonesome valley and all that. <laughs> you know, we got to figure it out as we go, but. We're connected underneath all mm. that with the rest of the earth and the rest of all, all being. And yet it seems like we sometimes go back and forth. It's, at times we, we really have to struggle on our own. And other times we have to rely on uh, our the community of being. And I wonder if you could say something about that tension or that interplay. I think you said it nicely. I mean, that's the way our life is. The one thing that came to mind is I thought... And islands are often formed by volcanoes. (laughs) And, you know, they're they're hot zones, but geological places, you know, like I think about Japan that are formed from these volcanic islands that have earthquakes and hot springs and, you know, these unstable land formations. (laughs) Yet they come from this really deep place and are connected you know, so that's an image I had. Not all islands, I think, are formed quite by volcanoes. Mm-hmm. Some of them, I just think, get pushed up, right? But but maybe that's, you know, the earth is pushing us up into our zazen posture. <laughs> and then sometimes, you know, gravity gets the best of us, and we slump a little bit, or we need to lie down. Eve? Yeah, well, there, there are three kinds of islands. There's continental islands, and those are what you said, like you pushed mm-hmm. up. And then there's the volcanic islands that come up from the um, bottom of the sea with the volcano. But then there's atolls. Mm-hmm. Atolls, mm-hmm. The, uh, the volcano wears away. And then that coral grows in a ring mm-hmm. around the submerged volcano and it um, goes up above the water and then dirt gets stuck in it. And then if you get enough dirt, then people can live on it. Mm-hmm. And so and some of my friends have spent, you know, did their field work on atolls. I, I would have gone buggy if I spent like two solid years on an atoll. I visited them when I did my dissertation field work. It was on a high island mm-hmm. mostly, but I visited the atolls and they're amazing. I mean, it's the last world area that was settled by humans and they're very fragile. Mm-hmm. And of course now, like my friend, you spent a lot of time on Kaping Morangi. Being you're telling them the beaches are going away. Right. So, I mean, the metaphor still holds, but but it's you know when you think about that kind of environment and the the fragility, mm-hmm. um, and that that we're all even it's an island, but it's dependent on so many things. Mm-hmm. And right now, like in 2015, the guy that was the president of Kiribati, the Gilberts. We used to call the Gilberts. Um, he was like saying we all have to move right, because right. we're all going to be underwater. Right. But mm-hmm. the president now has like the totally opposite strategy and says we have to build dikes. We have to be like Holland. Right. And, you know, which frankly to me, I like the 
2015 president's strategy better. In some ways, I mean, he was right. I don't know. I mean, I don't know the idea that you can build the dikes and then it's going to make everything okay. I, I think, you know, doesn't um, mesh with the wisdom of, of seeing the interconnection. So there's that interplay between, you know, the island as separate and then, but the whole the whole web of Indra that it's dependent on. Yeah, the interdependence. Yeah. So codependent arising. But the fragility is what struck me about these atolls and yeah. about, you know, kind of echoing a little with what um, Dale said, you know, about how hard it is and also like how fragile our lives are. You know, I think at the end of Fugansasenki, gone, gone in an instant, vanished in a flash, something like that. You know, so so it's a fragile terrain as well as a fierce one. Thank you. Uh, David. I see Deborah's Tygen. hand and Tygen's hand. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Hello. Good morning, everyone. And mm-hmm. on your wonderful session together. Um, yeah, I was just supporting Dale in uh, the island idea that we, is our metaphor for this morning, our um, that I have found the Zazen opportunity so, so helpful in turbulent times. So that volcano, you're, I could resonate more with that than the calm island. Um, it is those turbulent times that really solidified my practice. So I just wanted to, even though Dogen is saying, you know, sit in upright, you know, I forget the beautiful phrase, but as a human and a flawed human, I find that more helpful and truthful about Zazen. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah. Tigan. Hi, thank thank you so much, Hoketsu. I just wanted to share an alternate translation. So the phrase you you have been talking about, about um, finding the island of the self or sitting sitting calmly in the island of the self that uh, as you mentioned that has often been translated as the last words of buddha as um, be a light unto yourself but the great american dharma poet who passed into into nirvana recently mary oliver has this wonderful alternate translation not uh, be a light unto yourself but make yourself into a light so this is a kind of bodhisattva idea and in terms you know and uh in ter- and and as brian was saying no person is an island to paraphrase john Donne, uh that um how do we share our island and and you know as brian was observing really all interconnected all the islands are part of the earth so anyway this there's this there's the qu- quality of finding the light to soothe ourselves in all the difficult times, but also how do we make ourselves into a light for others, for each other and for ourselves? And how do we share our island? How do we welcome um, everybody onto our island? This is a challenging practice, but this is, this is our life. So thank you. Thank you for those beautiful words. And Part of the answer I would give to that question, and in this current moment, is this is what we're doing, is radiating a great light, even if we can't see it. When I was, other thing, when I was thinking about this Atadipa, I thought of the paintings of Vermeer, Johannes Vermeer, right, where everything is so radiant, every little detail of the world and of common people and not so common people, <laughs> but that that Vermeer saw this and could display this light. But this is just what we do. You know, this is just what we do. So thank you for shining a light on us and helping us illuminate our islands. Is the dawn kind of giving me the sign? No. Okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure that we're not going on too long and, and dragging out things. But I want to make sure there's space for everyone. So 
Oh, yes. Thank you. Uh-huh. Um, Is that Ryan? Yes. Yeah. Um, you were in disguise with that, oh, with that cap on. No, that's okay. Yeah. Now I recognize you. <laughs> um, Welcome. Thank you. And thank you for the talk. I'm just thinking about um, becoming intimate with the self and the island and recognizing the stories and belief structures and the, mm-hmm. this, these things that we carry that move through the body and mind. And I'm curious if you could speak to a little bit like the stance or the posture of the mind that is most helpful to take in the midst of that exploration. Because I think for me, those things can get so sticky. Mm. I can want to know the self and want to know what I carry. And then I can feel that it just can be very sticky and I can become Mm. stuck to it Mm. as opposed to stuck to a story, a belief structure, Mm -hmm. um, you know, any kind of something. And I really want to continue the explorations but I feel like there's there's probably a, a stance or a way to do that that is the most um, helpful or the lightest, mm. if that makes sense. It does. Um, it's also hard. This is hard work. And sometimes. But Dogen actually tells us what posture to take. <laughs> it is this upright posture you know internally so so our zazen is an internal and external posture but it doesn't look necessarily like this cross-legged buddha but but the feeling of that so i say to stick with the feeling you'll know when you need to take a break from when the landscape's a little too much or the volcano's too hot and are the stories too sticky? So explore the stickiness. Just sit in the goop. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're not striving so much. Mm-hmm. There's a kind of effort that isn't striving. Um, but you have to find that out. And don't be surprised if it's difficult or if you feel stuck. That's a good sign. You know, it's like if we're not, if we don't know we're stuck. Like, I always have blind spots, you know, and I depend on everyone to point those out, to shine a light on those. (laughs) But, you know, there isn't an easy way, but I I trust that you'll find the right way. So thank you for bringing that up. But, yeah, I think this is what the Hofu Kanza Zengi recited a thousand times. And maybe, maybe it will illuminate some things. I don't know if anyone else wants to offer. Ed's hand is up. Ed, there you are, Ed. Nice. Oh, to hi. See you. Thanks, thanks, Hogetsu, for a wonderful talk. You know, I, I think I think on it was on Gilligan's Island. It was the skipper who always wanted to get back to the mainland, and Gilligan would just wander around picking leaves or something. <laughs> and their general their general uh, ambitions never changed the entire show. I loved it. So, you know, thank you for bringing that back to mind. I might have to watch it again. Oh, I'm dying to see it again now, too. I remember watching it as a child, you know. And and this brings it back, though, that, like, you know, maybe we all have, like, our inner Gilligan's Island, right? All the different characters are different aspects of the self. Some really want to get back to mm-hmm. the familiar terrain, and some are, like, bouncing around mm-hmm. kind of goofily. You know, and um, but they're all just doing their thing, and they're and they actually learned like even though they were very different, they learned how to be together and kind of help each other uh, live in this world, and got very intimate with each other. So that's maybe that will help out. Maybe Gilligan can can help out Ryan too. <laughs> so thank you, Ed. Do you have something else you'd like to offer? Well, Ginger was also very, very well composed always. She never suffered from the humidity or anything. So I really <laughs> admire that. <laughs> That's right. And Ginger is like, you know, this kind of objectified kind of female, right? But but like, yeah, it was like, how does that happen? You know, how does that happen? You're not ruffled by anything and you always look 
like you just had your hairstylist over. <laughs> when I was last in Mexico, my hair was like super curly and out of control, even though it's very short. My hairdresser warned me. She said, you know, when you go to Mexico, you better bring some product because otherwise your hair is going to go wild. And I'm like, I don't use product on my hair. You know, so <laughs> thanks, Ed. Gilligan's Island. This is where we're at. Paula. I know someone over there. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I, I find it can be helpful um, in the middle of everything to reconnect to the breath. Mm. So when there's too much structure, too much stress, too much strife, to reconnect to the breath. And on the exhale, have an intention to let it all go mm-hmm. to create the space. Mm-hmm. And, and then like, it's just really practical because you could do it anywhere mm-hmm. because your breath is with you wherever you are. Yeah. Unless you're dead. Unless you're dead. And then, then, then who cares? I'm done. That's really what stuck with me today is how the Buddha said, I'm done. So uh, <laughs> returning to the breath, but also, you know, an intention is okay, but maybe you don't even need an intention, but attention. So, so like when you're stuck, your breath feels different than when you're not in a very subtle way. You know, this is the basic mindfulness sutra, mindfulness of the breathing, which by the way, Thich Nhat Hanh really enjoyed too. But, but I think this is great advice. The breath, and this is actually in Fukanza Zangi, of course, you know, take a breath, and exhale fully, but, but notice what's going on in, in your breath. Don't judge it, but just notice the quality of it. That's being intimate. So thank you very much. And someone else I think was stirring over here someplace. No. And, you know, on our Island, I don't remember if like, there were monsters on Gilligan's Island. I don't know. Like it just seemed kind of like they had a good time all the time, even if they, yeah. I think you're thinking of land of the lost or lost <laughs> land of the they lost where they had the sleigh right. stacks where the, the, <laughs> the family was stuck on this particular place. So, yeah. Yeah. But, but I was thinking that like in sometimes we encounter these monsters, you know, in life and, Notice your breath in that encounter. You know, something can happen, but you can always return to it, like Paula said. It's always there to help us. That's maybe our first posture is our breath, and maybe it's our last one, too. Greetings, Mike. Artenzo. Um, I have moment yesterday of, of, of not right effort and it was reminding me of what Brian was talking about the idea that an island you know often is perceived as something that is isolated when in fact it's mm-hmm. not and um, I'm making our lunch for way to my partner um, and myself for today and was making cookies for mm-hmm. our tea and treats this afternoon and um, this is my first time as a tenzo doing a formal kind of tea ceremony, so it felt like a lot, and I was uh, starting to feel very, very overwhelmed. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I felt very isolated in the moment. I was like, "Oh, I felt like I just had to do all this myself, and mm-hmm. was, I had you know four hours mm-hmm. to do it because I had to go to bed early because I had to be up today, and, <laughs> and it became a lot." And, mm-hmm. and I, um, I had to give props to Wade, who was a light of calm who met mm-hmm. me where I was, and. Um, you know, reminding me that, you know, it's it's okay however it turns out, you know, and, um, you know, and, and coming here this morning and orientation sitting in the room felt so grounding. I felt the the connectedness of the island with the Sangha. I was like, oh, yes, everyone's here, and we support each other, and that's what this is about. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a wonderful moment to um, um, And it kind of resonated with whatever was I really appreciate like everyone showing those lights and showing you know, the blind mm-hmm. spots. And, um, mm-hmm. so. Well, thank you. Yes, you know, and it probably didn't help to get like these emails from Ogatsu that are like, <laughs> 
put the folded napkin on top of the teapot and don't use it to get drips, but it's a fulcrum so that when you pour, you have balance. You know, and five tea bags in each pot and use the water from the samovar, not from the boiling hot stove. So all of these, this is like put your, you know, cross your right leg over your left thigh and, you know, so, and, and you're like, hogatsu, no, you know, and I hope that's who's going to be upset. And I hope you know that, you know, I don't think Dogen's upset by our posture. And few of us would be comfortable in full lotus position for very long in our time and place. So thank you, Mike, for being, being our Tenzo and making us cookies. You know, of course, I open the book, right? And say, Mike, here's the cookies and how to make them at like 9.30 at night after tea. And I'm like, can you do this? Well, sure, yes. Good Zen students, they always say yes, you know. But I have no doubt that it's all going to be great. We're going to be so happy to have tea together. So thank you. And cookies. And cookies. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yes. 